Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Dell Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. KCAA Loma Linda. 1050 AM. 106.5 FM. And now 102.3 FM. I'm Jessica Edinger, CNBC. Stocks are flat this morning on Wall Street on a surprisingly higher number of people who applied for unemployment benefits last week. Businesses still slashing jobs. Unemployment claims came in at 419,000 for the week, the highest since mid-May. Major indexes still less than 1% from record highs this morning, and markets are mixed. American Airlines and Southwest Airlines each posted quarterly profits boosted by a comeback in flyers and government bailout money. Crocs are back. A basic pair of Croc shoes cost $50 now, and they are selling. The company reported record revenue in the quarter and raised its full-year outlook. Strawberry, vanilla, and chocolate milkshakes in your grocery store. They come in pouches. You warm them up for a minute and squeeze them. They're made by Unilever brand Klondike. Jessica Edinger, CNBC. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit beefy, or even with type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Affordable term life insurance is out there. Call term provider and speak with Big Lou at 800-481-1458. 800-481-1458 or visit BigLou.com. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He on meds too. How can I make sure my office never stops working? With Staples Connect, it's possible. I need to keep my back office stocked without messing up my bottom line. Also possible because Staples Connect has your small business covered with big savings on everything you need to get work done. This week, earn 30% back in a Staples store bonus when you buy any two ink cartridges, including HP. Explore what's new at your local Staples or staplesconnect.com. Staples Connect, the working and learning store. Limit four, in-store only. Visit staplesconnect.com slash store bonus for details and 724. K-C-A-A. Come to Hooters where there's no such thing as a party of one. Located with a 60 and the 215 meet in Riverside, near Marino Valley. For more info, Google Hooters Riverside. There's only one thing you think of when you think of Hooters. Wings. Wait, what? With more styles, better flavors, and fresher wings, you could only be in the original American wing joint. 
Get them smoked, bacon-wrapped, original style, and now introducing new Roasted Wings. Roasted crispy to seal in the flavor and seal out half the calories. One taste and you'll think of nothing else. We'll see about that. Come to Hooters where there's no such thing as a party of one. Located with a 60 and the 215 meet in Riverside, near Merino Valley. For more info, Google Hooters Riverside. There's only one thing you think of when you think of Hooters. Hooters, the original American wing joint. Attention Medicare recipients and anyone turning 65. Medicare has approved new benefits not included with original Medicare and older Medicare Advantage plans. You may not be getting all of the benefits you're entitled to, including in-home aids, telephone appointments with your doctors, home-delivered meals and prescriptions. These benefits may be available and it's a free call to enroll. The new plans may also offer free eyeglasses, free hearing aids, free wellness visits, and gym memberships. Call the Medicare benefits line now. It's easy. Call 800-518-2281. 800-518-2281. Find out if you're eligible for new benefits like meal and prescription delivery, in-home aids, and telemedicine. Some plans may have a $0 monthly premium or zero copays for big out-of-pocket savings. Not all Medicare Advantage plans are alike. The new plans have more benefits for many people. Call 800-518-2281-800-518-2281-800-518-2281. Miss your favorite show? Download the podcast at kcaaradio.com. Our friends at Liberty Tax Service remind our listeners to please give blood generously. By doing so, you could save the life of a child, a surgery patient, or even an accident victim. But most of all, by giving blood, you'll be protecting yourself as well as your family in case of an emergency. Be a silent hero. Give the gift of life. That message courtesy of Liberty Tax Service located at 3950 Pierce Street in Riverside and at 24905 Sunnymead Boulevard in Moreno Valley. Trust their years of experience and call Liberty Tax Service at 951-394-0682. The other stations claim to be local. Yeah, right. KCA Radio, the only true local radio station on your radio dial. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Have you lost your job? Have you lost a loved one? Are you exhausted caring for your parents, for your kids? Well, you can find immediate relief when you read Sheila Mack's new number one bestseller, Bootstraps and Bra Straps. It contains the boots formula to move from rock bottom back into action in any situation, especially right now. If life has knocked you down, pick yourself up with bootstraps and bra straps. Get your copy at www.sheilamack.com today. Are you ready for a reboot? Welcome to the Sheila Mack Show, reality at its finest. History reminds us those hit hardest often become the change makers. This year, we've all hit crazy economic, social, and emotional rock bottoms. We all get knocked down. Something hits globally, locally, personally. It affects our health, finances, our relationships. We have to recreate a business or career. 
Each show, Sheila and her special guest will be sharing their reboot stories, guiding you with real solutions to upgrade and up-level emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, and financially. Here on NBC's KCAA Radio. If you're ready to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and bra straps, enjoy a listen. Here's Sheila. Welcome to the Sheila Mack Show, reality at its finest. Here we have real people sharing real stories and actionable steps to help you reinvent, rebuild, and reboot your business and personal life on your terms. I'm your host, Sheila Mack, and today we have special guest, Jesus Eddie Campa. Eddie was born and raised in El Paso, Texas, and after 27 years of law enforcement experience, Eddie retired from public service and transitioned his experience and expertise to the private sector as a mentor, consultant, and sounding board. Eddie served as chief deputy and chief of police on two different occasions. As a result of his last tour, as chief of police in a city impacted by racial divisions, he created and implemented the innovative No Colors, No Labels initiative designed to remove the preconceived notion that the police were radically motivated. NCNL provided a safe community for all citizens. In 2017, he was named Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s Humanitarian of the Year by the NAACP. He is a leader who believes in diversity at the workplace and should that should mirror the community they serve. Eddie has now been the owner of both America's best strategic security group and leading thought adversity group. All right, welcome to the show, Eddie. Awesome, well, thank you for having me, it's my pleasure. And one of the things I like to start off with is, This show actually came about based on my new best-selling book, Bootstraps and Bra Straps, The Formula to Go from Rock Bottom Back into Action in Any Situation. I wrote it right before our pandemic hit. So I didn't have a crystal ball, but wow, we have had more situations that I could even fathom. And so I'd love to start off with, do you have a time that you could share with the audience when you experienced a difficult situation and how you got back on track? Yeah, so, you know, that situation is when I took that chief of police job up in East Texas, uh, part of that racially uh, divided community uh, where I created the No Colors, No Labels initiative to remove the preconceived notion that the police were racially motivated. Uh, you know, I always look at that as my biggest failure and my biggest success. You know, while I was able to get the community on board, uh, I wasn't able to get the police officers on board. You know, this was a, a racially divided community. The officers were older and set in their ways, and they didn't want uh, their first minority police chief coming in and changing things. And so I kind of sat there, you know, while it was successful, but it failed, you know, because it, it won me the Humanitarian of the Year award, but I couldn't figure it out. And, and you know, after I left and made the decision to leave and come back and just take over my company and start uh, my PhD. And, uh, it, it took me about two and a half years to figure out that I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> you know, it was just it was just the wrong time, you know, the right place at the wrong time, you know, and uh, it's just the community that wasn't ready. And I had to do a lot of self-reflecting. And, and I think that was a lot of it and just put myself back in the mindset that, uh, you know, I got tired of analyzing it for two years. And Everybody would tell me the same thing. You didn't do anything wrong. It just place wasn't ready, you know. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's that, that's my that's my that's my thing, and just had to bounce back and and, and move forward. And you know, after that, I, I became the executive director in Oklahoma, overseeing another law enforcement agency, and retired for a second time. And now I'm having fun. 
Oh, good. <laughs> well, retirement is when you get to go have even more fun, I guess. Nowadays, um, we live so long that I can't imagine just sitting at home when we're at you know a, a young age still, really, <laughs> when you think about right. it. Yes. Okay. So I'd love to hear about um, what what that's like now and, and how you made a difference. What difference did you see or what suggestions you have for making a difference in the future going forward from now going forward? So making a difference in, you, know, you talk about the difference in law enforcement, the difference law in- Law enforcement. Uh, yeah. Well, law enforcement, even though you're out, if there's anything that- well, You know, it's, it's funny you say that because yes, yeah, so, so I'm working on a PhD in criminal justice and the goal is to eventually, you know, get into the university level the academia and, and start teaching, you know, procedural justice, 21st century policing mindsets and, and start ingraining the, the, the future of law enforcement and criminal justice into looking at life as more of a equal and equality based as opposed to a racial issue and a social economic issue. Mm-hmm. And I just believe that, you know, the, the, I tried doing it as the chief of police. I tried doing it as an executive director and that didn't work. So I figured, okay, let's, let's regroup. Let, let's, let's try to go this in the academia world and see if we can change the mindset of the future leaders, you know, and that's mm-hmm. how I created Leading Through Adversity, which is one of my companies. And that was based out of uh, my time in East Texas, where I felt like I was alone half the time. You know, I didn't know who to reach out to. Uh, first minority police chief of this community, didn't have the police officer support, but had the officer's community. Like, who do I talk to? How do I reach out? So mm-hmm. we, we created Leading Through Adversity, and that's what we do. And that's how we're hoping to change it one step at a time, you know, I wrote a book called Unmasking Leadership, which which talks about the dark side of leadership, the things people didn't tell me when I moved up to the chief rank of things that I was gonna see that I was unaware of. Mm-hmm. So I kind of hope that uh, through education and one step at a time, we'll be able to change law enforcement a little bit. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Education is the key. I think that our system overall is starts in the education level it starts when you go to school is in the home and then you go to school and you know the kids are bullied and they get into their own groups and and all these things happen and and there's just there's a lot of stuff going on that needs to be adjusted so it's not just one area or one thing um you know when when children go through schools and it's okay when the teachers look the other way with bullying or um discrimination of one form or another that's where it starts when people don't do anything about it yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, I've always said, you know, in in the law enforcement world or in any world, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, nothing is worse than a, a good boss tolerating a bad employee, and that's when you lose your good employees. So, you know, you should never mm-hmm. turn up. You should never turn a blind eye, and it's all about accountability. Without accountability, you have failure. Yes, yes. So, for those listening in that are in the leadership role or just moving into that leadership role now. What advice do you have as they're going through some types of adversity, taking over a new role in leadership? What advice do you have? Well, you know, the first thing I'd like to let them know is that they're not alone, okay? Because I know when I was going through that adversity, I thought I was alone. I didn't know who to reach out to, um, you know, so, so that's where the company developed out of it. And, you know, and I don't want to plug the company for that, but you're not alone. Just look for somebody, you know, talk to somebody in in, in your profession, you know, who who. You know, it's so easy to Google people nowadays and you'll see, you'll find somebody's name, you know, faced with this adversity and then they've continued to move on. Try to reach out to those people, you know, uh, during your networking, when you're going to your networking, listen, you know, uh, not, not just listen, I'm sorry, but, but, but 
let me rephrase that. Don't just hear them. Listen, you know, listen to what they're saying. Write these people's names and their numbers. You know, read books. Um, just, just, just um, don't, don't, don't get caught in the situation thinking that you're alone because you're not. There's thousands and thousands of leaders, and if you can, associate yourself with a mentor. Having a mentor is the most valuable tool that you could have. You know, I, I, I hadn't realized that I had a mentor for over 25 years. I just considered him a friend. And it wasn't until when I started writing my book, as I'm writing things, I'm like, oh, yeah, Paul told me that. Oh, yeah, Paul told me. I'm like, wait a minute. What the heck? Uh, and I realized that he had been my mentor for all these 25 years. You know, so if you can get a mentor and just you're never alone, you know, don't 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 think you're fighting the fight alone. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's that's good advice and very important because, you know, when you feel alone and I think a lot of people in one way or another, we felt alone during this pandemic. <laughs> and so there's True. reaching out in that way as well um, to, to make sure that you're connecting with people, whether you're struggling. If you're a parent and you're stuck at home, again, um, lockdowns are coming back in some places. Uh, this goes globally. So, you know, whether you're stuck at home or you feel stuck, connecting with mentors and leaders, no matter what position you're in, we're all leaders in our families and going forward with what we do. You could be the newest person in a job and you could be the leader with your energy and how you you help out. Now, one of the things I share about in every show, and it's, it's not a plug or anything, but it's something I share about is if you need resources and help right now, there's 211, it's a nationwide, um, and it goes all the way, all the United States and Canada has this 211 and you Google 211 in your state or province, and there's all kinds of help and resources um, for, for your employees or for yourself, a lot of times people don't ask for help when they need it. And then that's when situations get difficult. And so that just knowing that there is help available is going to make all the difference. A lot of times you might be working with people, and I'm sure you know this from going to work sites or, <laughs> or home where there's fights and this and that. A lot of times people don't talk about what's really going on at home whether they're dealing with an addiction, a mental health issue with somebody they love, um, going through something, or there's abuse. They go to work, and then stuff happens. So. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's absolutely true. You know, one of, the, one of the hardest things to talk about is mental health, you know, especially when you're the one suffering from it. And, and this is why, you know, um, I'm so anti-bullying. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I think bullying is ridiculous. You know, and social media has made it even worse because, you know, you have a lot of brave souls who are very comfortable hiding behind the computer screen and, and saying whatever they want to say about you. You know, how about we all just live life and just let everybody live their own life and just be happy for them? I mean, you know what, if, if you're so insecure in your livelihood that you have to talk and smack about somebody, then, you know, it's just ridiculous. You know, bullying is, is totally unnecessary. But if, if for anybody, it's not just a goal for leaders, like you said. Anybody suffering from any type of anxiety or anything, reach out. I mean, there is somebody always there that, that has been through what you've been through and they're willing to help you out and get you out of it. Yes, yes. And if you if you have a, a company or um, at, at your place of work, just ask if you can post a little flyer about 211 because people will see that, that maybe they don't talk about it. Nobody knows there's a problem or situation, or there's not food on the table, or there's there's uh, trouble, maybe they're taking care of a senior and they don't know what to do. No, 
now if they can just see that, they'll be able to get the information they need without having to share it that much until they're ready and to get to the right resources. So that could really make a big difference because it affects things like that affect how somebody's showing up at work. Whether you know it or not, it affects everything and people can feel that energy. So if you just post that, you may be helping people that you'll never know you helped. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, and that's the other thing is, you know, in law enforcement, we always say, see something, speak up, say something, see something, say, see something, say something. It goes the same thing for, for people's mental health or, or any, anything. You see somebody that, you know, the, the worst thing I, you know, that I hear is, is, you know, every time I ask a friend of mine, you doing okay? Yeah, I'm all right. It's like, what do you mean you're all right? You know, that, you know, there's a problem. So, you know, provide advice and get information and, and let's, let's just turn everything around. I just wish everybody had a positive outlook in life, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And hurt people hurt people. And so to stop that cycle is being able to get people help, the help that they need so they can get back on track uh, without the judgment, just being able to, to help them that way makes a big difference. Now, Eddie, I'd lo- love to hear about your book, maybe some um, topics in the book, your favorite topics or chapters. Yeah, so, you know, it, it's a 10-chapter book. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it's quick read, though. It's only 85 pages. Imagine that. I got 10 chapters and 85 pages. Um, so my favorite chapter is actually the, the last chapter, uh, which is uh, it's called Mentors and Root Beer Floats. And uh, I don't want to give away too much about it, but it was the piece, the best piece of advice that I ever got. And, and the greatest thing about my mentor is that, you know, during that time um, when the root beer float came about was uh, he actually I was going through a rough time and mm-hmm. he recognized it. And just he, he, he did what, what any good mentor would do. You know, he um, he texted me and said, everything's going to be OK. And I hadn't even told him anything was wrong. He just mm-hmm. said and he said, you know, breakfast, usual place. And then we we met for breakfast the following day and, and we talked and then we got the, the root beer float story out of it. And then um, I won't go into too much detail, but, you know, a root beer float makes everything good. You know, so that's my favorite chapter. But uh, the other chapters in there, there's, you know, there's 10 chapters and, and um, my uh, defining what leadership is, you know, perspective, perception, is it real and does it even matter? Um, mm-hmm. Because we all know that, you know, in society today, 90, we believe 95% of what we see and, and only 5% of what is actual facts. You know, people are so uh, more involved with uh, alternative facts than they are with the truth. So, you know, does it even matter? Does perspective and perception actually matter? I mean, you're going to believe what you're going to want to believe anyway. So might as well do what you have to do in order to keep moving ahead. Okay. Um, you know, it's like I said, it's, it's the under it, it's kind of the, the dark side of leadership. The, the, the part that nobody told me about, you know, I, I when I first got promoted, I didn't know I was going to make a whole bunch of new friends that just wanted to see what I could do for them. And mm-hmm. then when I, when I couldn't do anything for them, they became my worst enemies, you know. <laughs> So, so yeah, that's that's basically what the book is. It's it's unmasking leadership, but they don't tell you. Mm, that's so good. I I can go back in my own life to I was a young girl, twenty three years old, and I opened gift stores and hired people twice my age to help me in the store, and <laughs> and they and I had to be the leader, and I was like, well, I'm just getting everybody else. It was kind of like a team, but I had one neighbor tell me, okay, leadership is different you have to have a certain 
different relationship. You can't be everybody's best friend because you've got to get things done. And I was like, what are you talking about? But I love people. I love everybody. You know, and it was learning that it's almost like a parenting situation in a way, because as a leader or as a parent for parents listening in, you can't be your kid's best friend and get what needs to be done done to keep them safe. And the goal is to keep them safe or to keep them productive or, you know, happy at work, <laughs> not lose your workforce. And so it was a big lesson for me at a very young age when I did, I just wanted my neighbor to be wrong, <laughs> but it was something I had to learn and it made all the difference. Uh, I had many uh, young kids that went through my program. Also, I created a program with Job Training Partnership Act, and it was um, at-risk youth going through foster care, and they, they ended up getting all the training they needed within six months at my store, and then they would get these really great jobs that could pay them twice, and they were actually getting more than minimum wage the way the program was set up, and and that, that was the heart of my business. So when I was in there, it really, for me, was more about those kids than running a store. The store was just how it supported all that. And so have you can have fun and leadership wherever you are and bring your whatever your passion or your heart is into it. And everybody feels it. Everybody wanted to show up. Uh, so that that made a big difference. But but it's a tough one to learn. Yeah, it really is. You know, I have a chapter in the book called uh, If You Want to Be Liked in Leadership, mm -hmm. Go Sell Ice Cream uh, because yeah. leadership isn't for you. Uh, you know, and, and that's the funny thing is, you know, the, the funny thing is that everybody, everybody who doesn't, everyone who doesn't know the first thing about leadership are the first ones who tell you about leadership. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that, you know, I, I always hear, well, it's the leader, it's the leader's job to put his people first. You know, it's the leader's job to put the people first. You got to be a servant leader, and I believe that. I, I absolutely, uh, I am about servant leadership. However, when you get on an airplane and they're giving you the instructions on your air mask, what's the first thing that they tell you to do? Put the air mask on yourself first before mm -hmm. you help anybody else, and that's what a lot of leaders fail to do. Leaders are so busy putting everybody first that they forget about themselves. They, right. they burn out, they lose their passion, they gain weight like me. Uh, you know, they, they, they lose their passion, they become irritable because they're not taking care of their basic needs. So in, in our book, you know, we have a, a chapter called Putting the Leader First. And, and it talks about how you have to take care of yourself. You know, there's that old saying, you can't love somebody if you don't love yourself. So you can't help lead somebody if you don't know how to lead yourself and if you're not in the right mindset. So, you know, I, 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 in the book, I, I know that I'm going to hear a lot of my critics come out and say, you see, it's all about him. It's all about him. And that's not what I'm saying. What right. I'm saying is that you need to, as a leader, make sure you take care of yourself first before you can take care of others. I mean, they tell you in the airplane, they can't be wrong. Yes. And it, that can apply to any any work position you have. It, it applies to relationships at home. It applies a uh, definitely to parenting. Uh, I adopted three children. I have three of my own. So six kids in the house and, and, you know, providing for everybody and everything. There was times where I had to take, I would take a day or, or a weekend off and grandmas would come over, one of the grandmas. <laughs> and, and it was the best time ever. The kids could do whatever they wanted with grandmas around. And, um, 
I would go and have this planning session time so that I could prepare for the next school season or for summer season and to order, how do you organize a house business and, and all these kids and all their activities that time off, there was also fun, you know, spa day with the other moms and all the moms would talk. And so we needed to fuel ourselves so that we don't like kind of lose it with our kids or, you know, you don't get upset when, when it's a mess, when you get home, you're like, oh, this was great. And now we're ready, we're refueled and we can go in and have success. Well, you know, it's funny if you take, maybe if you take a step back into history and you notice, uh, you know, great leaders or successful individuals. And, and let's just let's look at doctors. Traditionally, doctors take Tuesday off to go play golf. You know, mm. because that, that's their vacation. That's their day off. Right. Bankers take Wednesday to go play golf. Uh, you know, um, so. So, yeah, it, it's, it's historically been proven that if you're going to lead someone, you need to take care of yourself. You need you need, not necessarily pamper yourself and make it all. Well, it's all about me and take Monday right. through Friday off. But you need to take some time to learn how to breathe put yourself together so you can continue to meet the challenges each and every day. Yeah. And I think going back to the leadership at work, I think that that's the team leadership. That's the, that's the part of leading. That's not about the work as much as keeping the team together, keeping up morale, um, keeping things positive, especially when things are difficult. Um, what activities or things um, did you do or could you suggest for that? Well, you know, it's funny because I'm often criticized as, as being a stickler and, 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 and stiff and stuffy and not easy to get along with. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? You know, as a police chief, I remember I would throw barbecues at the police station. You know, I'd go out and buy hamburgers and hot dogs and I'd grill for everybody. You know, uh, going back to the rear root beer float, that was one of my common things. Every time we had a crisis situation or, or something that was very impactful, I would smooth it over by going to the store, buying a whole bunch of root beer and ice cream and making root beer floats for everybody. And I'm kind of giving it away because the root beer float puts a smile on everybody's face. You know, mm -hmm. um, it kind of gave you a distraction, you know. So so those are the kind of activities that I did. I remember, you know, for Christmas, I, I used to have the um, the 12, the, the, the 12 work days before Christmas, you know, and every day uh, between then and Christmas, we would we would have a prize. We would have a raffle. I'd go out and you know, with the business community, you know, get gift cards for, you know, the movie theater or restaurants or stuff like that. And every day we had everybody's name in a, in a barrel and we'd pull out a name and they would win. And I'm talking about hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of prizes that, we, that I would give away all in, from my expense, you know, because I can't do that on the city's budget, right? And, uh, you know, so those are all the things that we did for morale. But the most important thing I did for morale, uh, those were the fun things. And most important thing I did for morale was cross-training. You know, everybody, everybody deserves to have the opportunity in law enforcement to be a very well-rounded officer. Um, so I would cross-train patrol. Patrol would move over to investigations and mirror the investigators. They would shadow the investigators for six weeks and learn what they do. And then, you know, detectives who had been out of patrol for 15 years would have to go work a patrol shift for a couple of so they can see what the patrol officer is going through. And, was, you know, background, it, it was just, cro you know, cross-training and everybody seemed to really like it, except the people that were stuck in a rut that didn't want to try anything new because, <clears throat> you know, there's two things that police officers hate. That's change and the way things are. So, yeah. you know, um, those were the kind of things that we did for morale, you know, and then, you know, doing things like, um, you know, uh, we had uh, the awards assembly, Christmas awards assembly, you know, for, for the officers and things like that. So you always got to recognize, and as the leader, you know, um, 
you know, it's funny because it just reminded me of something. You know, I, I had a I had a um, a union representative once tell me, "Well, you think it's all about you?" You know, every time that the media comes out, they interview you, and I'm like, "Bro, I'm the head of the agency. Who do you want them to interview? Right? Who do you want them to interview?" I said, and then listen to what I'm saying. I'm saying as a result of this. Officer so and so, and officer so and so, we could not have done this if it had not been this division, and that goes back to the perception. You know what I'm? You hear and see what you want to hear and see. For those people who who don't like me or don't like you, they're going to hear no matter what you say. All right. They're going to twist it and turn it. Well, you see what she said? Yeah. Yep. She, said, she said she she gave credit to everybody else but her. No, she took credit because she did the interview. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so you know you're always in a no-win situation. But yeah. you know, those were the kind of things that we did for morale and it worked, you know, we, you know, getting fully staffed, uh, you know, creating strategic plans and moving things forward, making sure they had the equipment. And it's funny because a lot of the times it wasn't about the pay. It wasn't about money. It mm -hmm. was about having the resources to do their job, you know, being appreciated, being, you know, being, 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 being listened to. You know, so, so those are the things that you can do for morale that don't even cost you a dime. Yes, yes, that's so important. I mean, when you think about it, we spend more time at work sometimes than at home with our own families. It really is an extended family. Now, I closed my my stores years ago, <laughs> and I still get, you know, we go out to lunch or dinner, and I hear about them. The kids are grown and have their own businesses. All these things happened, and we still stayed connected because it was more of a team. And it wasn't like everybody was always happy, obviously, um, but but it was really a beautiful place because it was a safe place. And the customers, the clients, they still remember the store. Oh, I'm sorry you closed the store. I was like, well, you know, it's a lot of hours running businesses. Let me tell you that. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's funny. I run two businesses now and yeah. I thought I didn't sleep before. And now it's like, you know, last night, you know, yesterday, my wife was like, would you turn the phone off? It's two, three o'clock in the morning. We own a strategic security group. We do a lot of security consulting and stuff like that. And we had some issues at a place and the phone just kept going off and off and off. And, you know, I was like, wow, flashbacks to being on call days, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So it, it's really the time you put in and it's not easy. A lot of times people are like, well, just do this get rich quick scheme. And I'm like, no, because unfortunately those are schemes. They do not work. You've got to yeah. do it. And passive income is great, and even that requires work. Well, you know what? The whole purpose of these businesses was, you know, I got my retirement. Let's get some passive income. And it's like, what passive? Where's the passive <laughs> part of this? It's like, exactly. you know, but yeah, um, yeah so yeah. I totally understand. Yeah, very true. Very true. So now I'd love to hear about what advice you would give your younger self before. Did you picture yourself always in law or you know, like when you were in middle school or high school, maybe, what advice would you give yourself? You know, I, I, I've always said in life, I don't have any regrets. I, I really I really don't. And, and I kind of say this jokingly around is that if I could go back and talk to myself back in the eighth grade or ninth grade, I'd say, uh, yeah, go a different route, go to the medical field, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> take a different turn, stay away from law enforcement. But in reality, I'll be totally honest with you. Um, you know, I'm blessed. Uh, I'm fortunate. I've uh, I've lived a life that many people would be envious of. I've, I've done so much. I've got beautiful kids, a beautiful wife. No, I'm not rich by any means. I'm rich. I'm rich with things with the people that are around me. 
Um, but you know what? In all reality, if I had to do it all over again, I probably wouldn't do anything different. Um, but but if I but if I really had to, I would really just say go to the medical field, <laughs> go the medical route, mm. you know, because uh, you're not going to get rich in law enforcement ever. Yeah. Yeah, that's it doesn't really make a lot of sense that, <laughs> that our our teachers, our law enforcement, the people that really make the biggest difference get paid the least. Um, that makes it difficult. And especially when you're putting your life on the line every day, you don't know. That's that's a huge sacrifice. And, and even our veterans, when you think about it, um, don't get the funding and the, the help they need when they come back uh, from service. And so that's that's really important. Um, 211 does have a whole thing for veterans. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned that or not, but it does have a lot of help there that nobody, people don't know about. The veterans don't know about it. No, you know what, I'm definitely, I think I'm gonna definitely put something on too. So uh, but yes, yeah, so that does make a big difference. Yeah, awesome. I think I'm gonna definitely put something about 211 on my website uh, on leading through adversity for sure. Yes. So now leading through adversity, um, that topic, that that program or company that you have, could you tell me more about that? Yeah. So, so as I was saying, I, I created it out of a need, you know, because I, I like I said, when I was in that situation, I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't, I, I didn't know where to turn to. So I kind of really felt like I was alone. So after I left and I decided, I said, well, you know what, wait a minute, leaders need a safe place to go. They need a sounding board. They need somewhere to go. So, you know, every time I heard about a police chief that was going through some turmoil, um, not any, not anything illegal, right? But like they were going through some kind of turmoil where they were facing a, a vote of no confidence because their officers were upset that he, he reduced their lunch break by five minutes okay. or, or something like that. You know, I reached out to them and said, look, if you ever need advice, you know, whatever you need, this is what I've been through. Here we are, you know, mm -hmm. and now we've built up our clientele up to, we've got about 48 clients right now, everything from chiefs of police, super school superintendents, um, business owners who, who will call us up and say, Hey, Eddie, look, uh, and it's something as, as easy as, Hey, look, I have this plan. I want to do this, but I know I don't have the buy-in from my people. How, how do I pitch it? And a lot of the times what they end up doing is they actually end up hiring us to go pitch the idea to them as a consultant and go and, and meet with them and and actually make it look like it's almost their idea and sell it and all along. you know. So it, it's, 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 it's a leadership development uh, program mm -hmm. as well. We have a lot of courses that, that we teach, uh, Leadership 101, everything from budgeting to financing to, you know, um, strategic plans. Uh, we actually just started doing executive searches as well. Uh, we just placed our very first police chief three weeks ago in, in a small community. So that was really awesome. Um, so yeah, leading through adversity, it, its main principle is that to be a sounding board and a safe place for leaders who can come because like, like, like you know, if, if, if you're a business owner uh, and you're having issues with, with hiring people, well, I'm not your competitor. I'm not anything. You can talk to me. I could tell you. Well, look. You know. How about let's try this. Let's do. Let's do this. Let's do this. And I, we got. We got no vested interest in in anything. Any type of intellectual property or anything other than providing you with a, a sounding board that somebody that's willing to listen. Wow, that's great. Now, how do people sign up for that, or where do they find you for that? Yeah. So if they just go to leadingthroughadversity.com. Go to contact us. Uh, there's a there's a on that thing on that uh, site, you type in your name, your business, uh, 
just say, hey, we know we need uh, we need some we need somebody to talk to you. It's all you have to put. And uh, within within uh, within we, we try to reach you within within those first eight hours um, because we know time is crucial. So we try to get a hold of you as quickly as possible. And if it's not myself, it's four other people, kind of like a hotline, kind of like two one one maybe I don't know for for leaders who are in crisis. And uh, you know, so like during during the pandemic, we were extremely busy because we had a lot of. Uh, entrepreneurs calling us we we, we 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 can't hire anybody we were understaffed we're under this we're that how do we do this how do we you know, mm. like, well, well let's redesign the model what do you mean redesign the model it's like well have you did that did you think of you know like how about curbside service or i mean how would we do curbside service that doesn't fit our mold well it does now my friend and yeah. <laughs> this is how we're going to do it you know so we we would you know we would do everything through facetime show us your store show us what you're doing and okay well let's try this and then and they, they they did it, and they're like, "Holy smokes! Never would have thought of this." Mm. And that's kind of what we're there for is just 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 to give you ideas and things like that. Um, you know, it was rough for a couple of businesses that they couldn't hire people. I mean, we did have a. We, I'm not going to say we were 100 successful. There was a couple of businesses that had to shut their doors down because they were a service based company and they couldn't provide the service. Yeah, I mean, it was what it was. But that's mm-hmm. what. We're so leadingthroughadversity.com. Go to contact us. Put your name, the type of business you have, uh, the appropriate times to give you a call, and, and we'll call you within those first eight hours and see how we can help you out. And and the best thing about it, it's free. The, the that first consultation is free. We hear you yeah. out and stuff, and and we've had a lot of calls where we fix it on that free phone call. That's nice. That's wonderful. Now, what books you talk about mentors? So you've had mentors in your life. Do you have any books um, that have helped you through the years or maybe one specific book that was something that helped you with leadership or with your life in general? Yeah, so um, uh, there's there's a couple. I mean, I guess more on a professional basis, really. Uh, the, the Magic Kingdom, it's, it's how Disneyland, uh, Disney World runs their corporation, uh, the inside look of it. Uh, just the, how meticulous they are about their operation is just unbelievable. Um, so that's helped me really uh, in business, you know, to try to strive to be at that at that level. Um, of course, um, Sin Tzu's The Art of War uh, has mm-hmm. been another great book. There's mm-hmm. also another version of Sin Tzu's Art of War. It's called The Art of Business, using his philosophies. So that has helped out a lot. Uh, and believe it or not, believe it or not, I mean, I am a man of faith and stuff. And sometimes when I feel like I'm at a dead end, I just kind of pick up the Bible and just read it. And sometimes things come to me and sometimes they don't. But, um, you know, without sounding like a big old hypocrite, sometimes I'll read it and at least it puts me to sleep. And um, yeah. I, I stop thinking about my issue for that time. Mm-hmm. Those are a couple of the resources that I have used. Oh, that's very good. Yes, it's so important. And one of the things is, Tony Robbins says a lot is we're the direct reflection of our peer group. So what do you suggest for leaders getting into these peer groups together to help each other? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's very important. You see, and, and that's 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 where the internal struggle lies. Not not my internal struggle, but the internal struggle with leadership. I think is that there is so much jealousy, there is so much uh, animosity. You know, you got to remember this world is is huge, man. There there there's enough for everybody. There's more than enough for everybody. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I, I know I've had people contact me, and you know, matter of fact, uh, earlier today, I told you we just became an executive search firm. 
I, I reached out to somebody who actually helped place me in a job several years ago. And, and you know, I told them what I was doing and they're like, oh, so you're going to become my competition. And I said, no, no. I said, no, don't, don't take it there. He's like, I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding. He says, whatever you need, let me help you out. And so, you know, he actually gave me the tools or you know, gave me to, he pointed me in the direction of the tools that I needed to get this off the ground. And on top of all of that, 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 that search party that we were competing with that, that we had, we were actually competitors and we outbid him by a few, by a few hundred bucks, but that wasn't the intention. So he calls me up and we just had a good laugh at it. But you see, that's what people need to do is they need to understand that there's enough for everybody. And if I help you, you help me. If I help, you know, we're, we're new at this, you know, we, 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 you know, I, I called them up and I said, hey, man, um, hey, Chris, I found this this executive search. They're, they're looking for a city manager. This is the city. This is and that. I wouldn't know the first thing of how to handle this because that's not my forte. So he's like, dude, I didn't even see that. I didn't see that. He was I said I found it on business. And so he, he took it. And, you know, he's he's in the final running for the competition as to who's going to lead that executive search. But you see. You scratch my back, I scratch you. We help each other. We move forward. And that's what we as peers need to do is stop competing. Competition is always great, but you got to help one another. And then I think the most beautiful thing that I see it is in, in UFC cage fighting. You know, here's these warriors beating the heck out of each other. And what do they do at the end of the fight? They look at each other, they smile, and they hug each other, and they tap each other. And they're like, you know, the best man won yeah. today. You know, so right. I just think it's very important for peers to stick together and, and help move that needle together. We could just accomplish so much. Mm -hmm. Very good. Now, we're coming to the end of our talking time. So I'd love for you to share um, the names of the books again and where um, they can get the books. Um, whoever's listening that's interested in the books as well as um, how to connect with you on your other leadership program. Yeah, absolutely. So my book is Unmasking Leadership, What They Don't Tell You. It's a quick read, 85 pages, 10 chapters. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of good positive feedback. You can get it from my website, jesusericampa.com. Uh, if you get it from there, I'll autograph it, ship it out to you. Shipping's included, of course. Uh, it, you can get it at Amazon. You can get it at barnesandnoble.com. Uh, uh, you can get it on Google Books. Uh, you can get it at Leading Through Adversity. If you want to learn more about Leading Through Adversity and the services that we provide and learn more about leadership, just follow us at Leading Through Adversity. All of our social media platforms are Leading Through Adversity, uh, whether it's uh, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Same thing for, for me if you just want to see what the heck I'm doing. Uh, it's Jesus Eddie Campa, Open Platforms. You know, it's always funny because everyone's like, why do you have open platforms? You know, all these people just want to see what you're up to and criticize you. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it's a good thing. I don't care what they think. Right. Um, you know, I, so everybody comes along. Um, you know, the books that I said, like mentioned earlier, you can get them the same thing where on Amazon, everything, you know, uh, Sensu's The Art of the Art, the Art of War or The Art of Business. There's two different books. One, you know, uh, one is The Art of War, which is is a combative book. It's really good, but you can combine that into everyday life and the art of the art of business. And it's basically the same book using his concepts and the magic kingdom. If anybody hasn't read that magic kingdom book, it, mm. is, it is awesome. It mm. really is. Uh, it puts things into perspective. It helps you out a lot, but yeah. And um, you can reach me again, like I said, at jesusericampa.com. There's uh, contact information or leading through adversity.com. And that's us. All right. All right. Well, thank you again, Eddie, for being a guest on the show. And for those tuning in, we'll be back after these messages. Stay tuned. In December of 2017, I lost my house, my car, and my cat due to a fire. 
It sounds like a country music song, but that was my reality. And yet another rock bottom situation after a long period of doing really well. I had just finalized a divorce, purchased a new car, and moved into a house that I bought for myself and one of my kids to live in while she went to college. I put all my savings into it, closed escrow on November 3rd, and spent some time making it beautiful, more for my kid than for myself. I was cash poor but proud to finally get into a nice home again. A month later, I had a late meeting with a client and was then called to check on an issue with a vacation rental cabin I was running up in the hills. I was frustrated with the delay, thinking, I'm so tired and I've been working so hard, I just want to go home to my new place and sleep. Later, I realized that delay was a protection. As I drove back, I saw the flames of the huge Thomas Fire in Ventura that ended up burning for close to a month and spread over 280,000 acres, the biggest fires in California history and the largest I'd ever seen in my life. I drove back to the little prefab mobile home that I was renting out through a vacation rental service. One of the units was empty, but it wasn't finished. It had a toilet and a kitchen, but it didn't have a shower or many of the other things it needed to make it livable. It was maybe 400 square feet, and that's where I unloaded all the boxes of stuff that were now my only earthly possession. Next day, one of my friends came over to help me, and when she opened the door, the cat I had rescued ran out the door. She was so freaked out by the move that she just bolted and never came back. We couldn't find her, even with a microchip. Shortly after that, my car was totaled in an accident, and my descent to rock bottom was complete. By this time, I was able to get back into action in record time, using a formula I had learned from all the other waves in life. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Boots Formula. I've had an interesting life. It hasn't been easy. But I'm not complaining, and I'm not a victim. I've had a lot of rock bottoms, a lot of downs, but a lot of ups as well. I mean, how many 10-year-olds get to meet the president? I'll tell you that story later in the book. Through it all, I had to learn how to go from rock bottom to rock solid. I had to look back at what I've done and what I still do to get out of that place and back into life. I asked myself, what has helped me walk through the bottom faster and still be who I want to be? Simple language, Boots will grab your problem by the bra straps and help you get back into action in any situation. Sound like something you can use? Let's take a look at each letter. B is for being. The first letter of the Boots formula is B which stands for being. At one point in my life, I decided this is who I'm being in all that I'm doing. 
When shift has hit the fan, you realize this is messy and you just have to roll up your sleeves. Maybe you have other people to help you, but maybe you don't. Either way, you have to be the one in command. You have to decide who you're being and what you're doing. Whether you're starting over or just hoping to make it through, you have to ask yourself, how am I going to show up through this? Who are you going to be as you're walking your puppies or cleaning up the mess? Who are you going to be while you're reorganizing your life and changing your living situation? There's often form, freedom, and order even in the center of a storm. The first O is for orientation. The next letter in the Boots formula stands for orientation. As you are living through your rock bottom moment, you need to know that it's not better than it is and it's not worse than it is. It just is what it is. Assessing your current orientation is a really big action step in the Boots process. Discovering orientation is part of the overall change you may be in, and it will help you find some surprisingly simple solutions. In this case, we're referring to a place. Where do you find yourself on the map of your life? Within this stage, you'll also acknowledge where you were in the past and where you want to be. Once you know where here is, you can answer, how did I get here? And where do I want to go from here? Assessing your orientation also means considering your options and saying, I am here on the map and I want to go over there. You need to know where you are in order to think about how to take the next step. If you want to go from California to New York, you first have to know you're starting from California. You then have to know that to get there, I can walk, I can swim, I can jog, I can take a flight, or I can take a bike, I can take a bus, or I can take a train. You use your rock bottom to set the direction for your life beyond this rock bottom situation. It's important that you are really honest about where you are in this situation. You can't lie because you don't want to give up your personal responsibility. You have to own every part of this and realize it could be worse. It could be better, but this is it. If you aren't able to be honest about where you're starting from, you won't be able to clearly see where you want to go or how to get there. If you're not realistic about that first point of orientation, it's almost impossible to get out of your rock bottom moment. At the very least, it will take a hell of a lot longer. A lot of people have a hard time accepting the truth of where they are. They might think, oh, I'm kind of here, but I wish I was there. No, this is where you are. This is where you're starting from. That may be where you want to go, but you won't get there if you don't know where you are on the map. The last piece of orientation is owning it. You are responsible for where you are now. The minute you start blaming people or situations outside of yourself, it was my mother's fault, my brother's fault, the weather's fault. Guess who's in control of your life? Everyone but you. When you own your situation, however, you're taking back your power. The second O is for order of operations. 
The third step of the Boots formula is finding the order of operations. When you're in a rock-bottom moment, there are certain steps you know you need to take to get out of it, and you need to complete those steps in a certain order, which will be different depending on what you're going through. Throughout the book, I'll show you these steps in other specific rock-bottom situations. As you learn the steps for yourself, you'll become adept at facing any other rock-bottom you may find yourself in. In the military, they train people to focus on one thing, find and execute the solution, then move on to the next thing and the next. If you complete tasks on the battlefield in the wrong order, you're not going to win. If you do steps in the wrong order in math, you're not going to get the solution. In algebra, you must follow an ordered set of actions to solve for x, and one step cannot be done without doing the prior calculations. The same is true here. It's very important to order your steps and then complete them in that order. T is for thinking. The fourth step of the Boots formula is thinking. If you recall your thinking at the most successful points in your life, it's probably vastly different from your thinking when a crisis brings you to a rock bottom situation. Often, at the toughest times, our thinking goes to survival. We lose sight of the possibilities and opportunities that are before us. This is where thinking comes into play. It's vital to have a strong mindset in order to keep our boots on and walk out of a rough spot in life. Thinking leads you to a clear vision of where you want to go on that map of your desired outcome. You've made the decision that you're going to New York. Your bags are packed. You have an idea of how you're going to get there. You know the steps you need to take, though you may not know how the hell you're going to take them all but you've made up your mind. That's where you're going. S is for stepping up. The fifth and final step of the Boots formula is a literal step, stepping up. You've gone through the first four steps. You've decided how you're going to show up. You have a picture of where you're going. You know the steps you need to take, and you've made the decision to actually do something. It would be nice if you could just sit, think, and meditate your desired outcome into being. But that's not the way it works. There is some validity to the idea of manifesting what you want. But at the same time, you have to believe enough to actually go out there and take the risk. You have to overcome your fear of giving your first presentation, making your first speech, or writing your first book. You have to get out of your comfort zone and you have to take those steps. S is for stepping up by taking the personal responsibility required for a real reboot. While the B in Boots is about being in the present with who you are in the situation, S is for taking those steps toward the future you want. Although there will be many times in life where we have little or no true personal responsibility for an event that alters our lives, it is always a gift to own your own response and reactions to situations. 
What can you do to shift the energy and step up to your part in the situation? In order to reboot, one must be willing to step into action. This last step ties back to the first one. It all comes back to being. How are you going to be when you're going through this? Sometimes it's ugly, dirty, not pretty, and certainly not fun. Nobody's going to help you move, so you have to pack all the boxes yourself. Procrastinating isn't going to help. You just have to take those action steps you defined in the order of operations. When you first start, it's overwhelming because you feel like you're still buried in the situation. Chaos is all around. But because you've done the first four steps of boots, you have an action plan. You're not doing a thousand steps today. You just have to take one. You do the things that you mapped out one by one, and that helps you see, okay, I can do that. You have clarity on the action steps, so now it's time to actually get moving. Are you ready to strap on your boots and start walking? From rock bottom to moment of empowerment. You may be thinking, okay, now I know the formula, but what does it look like in action? My latest book, I have to let you know something, just between you and me. This book is not one size fits all, just like a pair of boots or a bra. So the formula is designed to help you through any situation. to grab a copy of my new best-selling book, Bootstraps and Bra Straps, the formula to go from rock bottom back into action in any situation. It is now available on Audible as well as on Amazon and Kindle and at www.sheilamack.com. C-A-A. Come to Hooters where there's no such thing as a party of one. Located with a 60 and the 215 meet in Riverside, near Merino Valley. For more info, Google Hooters Riverside. There's only one thing you think of when you think of Hooters. Wings. Wait, what? With more styles, better flavors, and fresher wings, you could only be in the original American wing joint. Get them smoked, bacon-wrapped, original style, and now introducing new Roasted Wings. Roasted crispy to seal in the flavor and seal out half the calories. One taste and you'll think of nothing else. We'll see about that. KCAA Loma Linda, 1050 AM, 106.5 FM, and now 102.3 FM. Here's a crazy... AP News, I'm Tim McGuire. President Biden's top medical advisor sets the record straight after the president went too far in describing the COVID.